Hello and welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. Our goal at Owl Pellets is to help agriculture teachers like you find research-based solutions to the problems you face every day in the middle and high school classroom and as you advise your FFA chapters. Here you will find practical tips for your agriculture classroom and interesting information to incorporate into your teaching. We invite the best agricultural education faculty and researchers from around the country to come and talk with us and share what they have learned. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, and me, Brian Myers from the University of Florida. For more information on Owl Pellets, please be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And visit our webpage at owlpelletsfrag.wordpress.com. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian and Kate. We are still here by the Owl Pellet in beautiful Hot Springs, Arkansas, at the Arkansas FFA camp um, at the Arkansas Ag Teachers Convention. How many times can I say the word Arkansas in one sentence? Uh, you're getting better. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> when I get back to Florida and saying Arkansas, that's when I'm really going to get into trouble uh, to do that. No, we're having a great time here talking with some great ag teachers here at their state teachers conference. Um, we've had a lot of great, wonderful sessions. I really enjoy the great hospitality that we've had here. And uh, like I said, it's, it's Kate and I that are here. Poor Marshall was going to be here with us, but Marshall has come down with the plague of some sort, and we hope that he heals quickly, but is glad, honestly glad that he left his pestilence in Oklahoma. Uh, but he is here with us in spirit. I wanted to be here. So today we've got a, a great group here of, of, of teachers going to be talking to us about a, what could be a very contentious topic. I have been nervous about this topic for about a year and a half when you all, you and Marshall originally brought it up and I was like, guys, I really love my job. I don't think we need to do this topic. <laughs> and so of course we're gonna do it with a bunch of other teachers in the room. I'm still nervous about it. Not only was you nervous, she's like, no, we're not doing this basically. I was, I, I did say we are not doing this topic. <laughs> <laughs> and yet here we are. And so let's talk real quick. Let's go around the table saying who, so you guys can introduce yourselves to the group out there in Outpellet land, uh, who the wonderful folks are Wait, with us. Hang on oh, a yeah. You just teased the topic and did not actually share what it was. Are you going to do that? That's called a cliffhanger. Wow. It's called accidental too, but we're going to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Accidental cliffhanger. The topic is where are the boys? Where it happened here? We, we've gone back here. A lot of times we talk about the school-based agricultural education. The FFA was a very male-dominated organization for several years. I can still remember all kinds of task force and groups trying to figure out how we're going to in, going to recruit more females into our programs. We all know from FFA, you know, Quiz Bowl, what happened in 1969. Girls were admitted to the FFA, but if you know the rest of the story, there were actually girls in FFA long before that, but I will go into my history thing because Kate will then yell at me because uh, I know my I'll... eyes will roll back and I will take a nap. <laughs> All the history stuff going on to do this, but now when we look at the enrollment numbers or the the membership numbers, we're actually it is pretty substantially more females, at least in leadership positions, and what we see here, and and we're seeing that change in teaching positions, and even there's a national conversation, not just ag ed, but 
just about where our boys going and those sort of things. I thought it would be a good conversation, at least to identify what's been happening from all of our, um, again, the focus at one time about how do we recruit more female ag teachers, more females into ag ed, that kind of things. Do we just say, check, wow, we did a really good job on that, job done, move on, or do we need to have that other kind of conversation? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So when people introduce themselves, can we ask you guys to say, like, officer team, let's talk about the percentage male-female breakdown on your officer teams. Oh, you right now? Sunny? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, so I'm Sunny Wise. I'm the ag teacher at Concord. On my officer team, I have two boys and five girls. Okay. My name is Michael Van Winkle. I'm the ag teacher at OCL Arkansas. Excuse me, on our officer team, we have four girls and three boys. I'm Steve Davis. I'm one of the ag teachers at Newport. On our officer team, we have one boy, six girls. Okay. My name is Dawson, Dawson Smith. I'm the Arkansas FFA state president. And on our state officer team, we have three boys and three girls. I'm Talon Van Curen. I'm the ag teacher at Flippin and officer team has two females and five males. The outlier of the group. Yeah. Very cool. So we talk about this. So here's the real question. You guys are on the front line. You're seeing it every day in your high school classrooms. What are you guys seeing about with the, the males in your, in your program? Are they stepping up? Are they staying engaged? Are you seeing them? We've seen kind of what's your officer team, but what's their involvement in the FFA chapter? Have you noticed any differences over the last few years? In young men? In young men. Um, well, I when I was in high school, there were a lot of boys in our chapter um, when we started. And by the time I graduated high school, it was predominantly female ran. And so you could see that the boys are kind of like, well, if the girls are going to do it, we'll just sit back, hang out, have a good time. And that was fine. We enjoyed it. Girls like to be in charge. We like to. But in my own very classroom, I had kids this year, first as a first year ag teacher, but secondly as a female ag teacher, who refused to take my class because I was a girl. What? Like, I dropped numbers. When I started school, on the first day of school, I had 35 kids in my program. By the second week, I had 65. So kids were bought in but their first initial and I mean small mind small community and it was just I'm not gonna listen to you and like the boys that I have now they'll work hard if I can get to them but sometimes they're like okay like I'm not as intimidating as say Mr. Davis I don't automatically get respect like as a man like it's a it's a you know you just automatically get respect like you you so you're, you're lacking some credibility, you think? Yeah, like as a female, and that's fine. Like it'll come. That's fine. But that's something that, like, the boys are not so willing to give a chance. Like girls are. Mm -hmm. Girls will follow you if you just give them like motivation and support and care. They soak it up and they'll go as far as you let them go. Boys are like, uh, cool. Yeah. Interesting. And I think that's what she says. Right. I think girls are more willing to take a risk. Yes. Uh, you know, to, to step out and be a part of something that's that's new, that's out of the norm. Uh, boys, and it seems like especially over the last maybe 10 or 15 years, um, just really don't want to take any risk. Hmm. I, I think it has to do with uh, maybe peer pressure, uh, the way that other people see them, uh, but uh, girls don't seem to, girls don't seem to be bothered by that. 
So I was going to ask you that, Steve. Do you think that's a shift over time? Um, have you seen over time, and Brian, maybe you can speak to this because I love the opportunity to throw an old joke at you. <laughs> um, over time, have you all seen, what, is there a shift in that? Were males, did they used to be better risk takers? Has that shifted over time? Yeah, I think so. I'm starting my 32nd year, and I've seen a definite shift. When I started in uh, the late 80s, uh, in my program, there were very few girls. Uh, and so I, I've came seen both sides of the issue when there were very few females in it. Uh, it was you know, male dominated and the girls were somewhat hesitant to be a part of it just because it was kind of a guy's deal. Uh, and, and over time, that has definitely shifted. Well, it's, it's interesting to look at. One of the things we look at some of the research on this is that just human maturity as, as you know, males and females tend to mature differently, at different rates and different times and different things from there. And, and when I talk about maturity, I'm, I'm talking not only the emotional, but only just the physical maturity. You know, like for me, one of the perks of my job is I get to go to a lot of different schools. I'm in and out days and that kind of thing. And you'll walk down the hall and you'll run into one person, you know, one student, and you swear this, this boy is like in the sixth grade because he's this tall and you talk to him and he's an 11th grader. Because he just hasn't quite hit his growth spurt yet, and then you go back and you'll see this other girl, and she'll be this much, she'll be a head taller than the rest of them, whatever else. And you're gonna think, well, she must be an 11th or 12th grader, and you find out she's a she's a ninth grader or an eighth grader or something like this. And they're just trying to the whole physical maturity. We're seeing, especially females more than males, that 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 gap in when they mature physically and then somewhat more emotionally to do that is changing where girls are maturing more quickly at a younger age to do that. And so with that, we're finding some things that they said the boys won't compete. So you've got these very mature females and these immature males that are sitting, especially in the middle school grades, and boys don't want to be beat. Like you said, they're afraid to, make, they're afraid to do that risk. Sonny, so, you noticed that too, that, that they were kind of afraid to do that. And I, I think there, there's part of that that comes from this whole notion that, and maybe you all have seen the shift over time, right? Like, um, that whole like anything you can do I can do better I can do yeah, anything better than you right there's this whole like female empowerment movement and like have we gone too far to where the males are like absolutely they have a lot of cheerleaders I'm not I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. be the person just, who shifts that like I mean I was looking at these pictures and it's like male 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 and that's fine like it was I th okay so we wanted to be a part of it so we became 1969 they're like here you go you can you can do it with us so we started and then it was like okay so we did this what else can we do in the world like what else can we still and like if you think about it like how many women are in power right now like how many women are superintendents principals like over you right now do you have female supervisor mm -hmm. uh, did, it, yes yes my super my last superintendent was a female and like there's nothing wrong with that but it's not i guess it's just different pendulum swing yeah so like you're seeing them in a different area and like I don't know, I think some of that goes through their head. I really do, because I, I'm all for everybody being equal, but I think we're to the point where women are like, well, you are beneath me, and I am the new you. Like, no, like, I just want to be able to also teach ag and have a great time with my kids. Like, I don't care to, like, ever be as esteemed or as, you know, whatever it may be as far as, like, we're comparing apples to oranges, mm -hmm. and we're wanting to be an apple so bad it hurts. like. Just be an orange. It's okay. We've lost that. So what do you do for the 
males. If you see them and, and if the research that's been done holds true for your program where you see the boys kind of backing up as the girls take on leadership and activities, how do you work with them? How do you keep them engaged? What do you do to encourage them to maybe re-engage in the more leadership aspects of a program? One of the things that I've started doing, and, and maybe with a little bit of success, uh, is, is when I put teams together, I specifically put teams of all boys together. Okay. Because that way they're not competing directly with the girl on the team, you know. Uh, and, it, and it may be in, in areas that are traditionally male type areas, uh, the land judging or mechanics or some crops. <coughs> Uh, and so if they don't have to directly compete with the girl for a position on that team, they may be a little more likely to, to be a part of Step it. Step And that finding things that they're good at and that they like that's not necessarily leadership, but you can get them to buy in later. So like letting them do their SAE project, letting them work in the shop, and then slowly putting them in that CDE of Ag Mechanics. And then from Ag Mechanics, they're talking to more people, they want to come to camp. After they're coming to camp, they understand what leadership is. After that, they want to be an officer. Like, with boys, you kind of have to, come on, come on, come on. And girls are like, let me, let me, let me. So, but we just have to be patient, and we can't. I think as act teachers, I know my motto this year was fine. You can't, okay, I'm moving on to the next one. Like, because at a small school, like, you want those kids that can do for you, and that will work and will try. Mm -hmm. But I think I also have to keep in mind that, I've got to be slow with some of them, and that's okay. I've got to have patience because we can't just roll on to the next one when you have 10 to roll through. I'll be out pretty quick. So I'm not sure it's all a male versus female, though, mm -hmm. uh, because even if you look in the sports world where it's all male or all female, mm -hmm. we're seeing less guys play football, less guys mm -hmm. play basketball or baseball. Uh, and, and you know, I've talked to coaches about it, and they said that, you know, they just can't get guys that want to put out the effort anymore. And I think it goes back to a work ethic uh, problem. It seems like girls have a better work ethic and are more willing to put in time mm -hmm. for something that it is work instead of play. Now, if you want to talk about uh, building four-wheel drive trucks and that sort of thing, guys are signing up all day long. Right. It's what they're interested in now. So speaking to work ethic, um, at least at the school where I'm at, most of my boys don't have a father in the home. So where a lot of my work ethic comes from is from the lessons my dad and grandfather taught me as a child. So one thing I wonder, laying off of what Mr. Davis said is, could that have any impact on why many of our boys aren't as eager to jump into the shop and get going or as eager to do some of the hands-on things that we typically expect them to do uh, and in my experience, it seems like the, the female students will jump in, like we've been saying, quicker uh, for those activities, whereas the boys are a little more, little more reticent to do those things. I wonder why, though. Do you think we're doing anything just as a, the, this doesn't just go to teachers, but I think we're a part of that. Is there something that we're doing without knowing that we're, like, um, encouraging the females to take on those qualities differently than we are encouraging males to take on those qualities? Like are we, I'm a big believer in that notion that like the behavior that you see is a result of what you're expecting, right? What you're allowing to happen and what you're expecting. So 
I understand it's a larger society thing, but much of our society, much of our time as students is spent with our teachers. So is there something that we're doing maybe as a, as a teaching society unintentionally that we're encouraging females but aren't maybe encouraging males to have those qualities of jump in, take risk, put in the effort? I, I was looking at this from a completely different way, mm -hmm. but your uh, question kind of shines some light on the way that I was looking at it. Um, Eye-opening to hear everybody's opinions, so I appreciate that. But uh, the way that I look at it is, I was asking myself, where is where are they spending their time? Mm -hmm. You know, where are the boys at? So we know where they're not. Right. So where are they? Mm -hmm. And this is what I put together in a, my very isolated world that I live in. I feel like that parents support their children equally, whether it's a, a son or a daughter. That the parent a good parent would love that kid unconditionally but I see less parent support for their students like when I would even you know 15 years ago when I was a kid my parents and other the, the children that I can remember playing with parents supported them every baseball game every basketball game all those areas well right now when I go to basketball game that's absent. I don't see near the support. I, you know, I don't have the research to back that, but I, I notice that there's less parent involvement in these kids' lives. So that leaves the community involvement. And then if you look at where the, who does the community support? If you go to a basketball game, we put the girls' game first, and then we put, we finish with the senior boys' game. Well, where's the crowd? During the girls' game, there's very few supporters. And during the boys' game, that's the, the most number that you're gonna get that evening. So what I feel like is potentially happening is I feel like the girls maybe, because they're not penalized for being female at all in ag. Mm -hmm. They can show the pig the same, they can show the steer the same, they can work in the shop the same, they can do all the leadership activities the same. There's no penalization. So instead of choosing to do those areas where they're not held to the same you know, bar as the male students are, they choose an area where they are absolutely held to the same standard and that it's a fair playing field. And that's why I think that the numbers are going up. Hmm. So you think so the boys are at the sports because that's where they can be? I think that the boys shine more in sports. Yeah. And I think that it would be easily proven. I think price of basketball tickets would probably prove that. Yeah. Um, but that, that opinion was a little contradictory of the, it, sure. you know, it doesn't go along with everybody's ideas. Like it doesn't really take into account work ethic or anything like mm -hmm. that. But it's different. I mean, communities are different, right? That's why we've got a variety of ag teachers or communities and, and how they, what they support, and that could be very different. Yeah. I don't feel like there is, there's no advantage or disadvantage to being either a male or a female in FFA. True. Kind of going off of what he said, from like an FFA member standpoint, and being a young woman, when you're going through high school, it's hard to find your place. Like I went through that time where I played sports and I, mm -hmm. but FFA was the only, or the ag classroom was the only place that I found myself being fully accepted. And so I think that's why the number of girls is going up. It's increasing is because young women are finding a place where they're 100% equal. Yeah. And I think that they like that. Now I'm gonna put out, this is a wrench, and Brian, you may wanna edit this part out. <laughs> um, so added to this conversation, and this is really where I was like, I don't know if we should be talking about this, but it's an important component we need to consider. Um, I've heard other people express frustration, and this did not come from me, it came from other people that have um, been working in, in different convention type settings with elections and whatnot, that um, 
people have missed positions, um, lost positions for being too masculine a male. And so if you are a more of a good old boy, I've seen frustration from folks that have watched that where they said, well, if you're a good old boy, ag used to be your place. But now it's in some places that there is no, there isn't an opportunity for leadership for those students because um, they're having some sort of shift with those soft skills for whatever reason are, are viewed to be only um, applicable to um, people who have more like less masculine qualities and I've seen some real frustration in that over time and so um, they were they were suggesting that like if you are if you are a, a male that is that is less interested in soft skills and more interested in say like the shop classes and, and the kinesthetic learning and things like that that um, that currently there is a trend that uh, there isn't an opportunity for leadership positions for you because they're going to go with someone that's got stronger soft skills as opposed to stronger agricultural skills. It's a tough, it's a, it's a, it's a tough cookie. Well, if, if they're doing it the right way in their, in their process, and then it shouldn't matter what soft skills they have because those can be taught. The personality, the hard work, the good old boy cannot be taught. That is something that is almost lost in the FFA because you know, we were so hardcore about, we're not just sales, cows, and plows. Well, shoot, we need to be about sales, cows, and plows still. Like, yes, Two, it's great. Right? Yeah, also. like, also, not not to discredit that, because for such a long time, like, I would cringe when somebody called me the future farmer in America. I was like, and then I was like, what's my problem? Like, yeah. I'm an advocate. But I think that if it's male or female, masculine or feminine, you probably want to edit this out, but if you're a feminine male, FCCLA is for you, like, stay, you know what I'm saying, like, I just, I don't see why that, I haven't seen that here yet, I thought you were going to go a completely different way with that and say that more attractive young men or will get an office over somebody who certainly deserves it, but. Oh, I have well, no idea. Why she, she pointed at me. No, I was She's like, the more attractive yeah. person may be, then you point, and I'm like. I'm sitting here banging it's the table, It's just because too. there's no one else. I'm trying to point to a human. Okay. Yeah. Are you saying that we've become so politically correct, we've actually shunned Almost. a group? Like, I mean, and it's, and we've also become so, this is what you have to be like. This is who we are looking for. This is what we're like. It's so hard for, like the state officer thing. Like I was a past state officer, like seeing all that, and I am not cookie cutter by any means. I'm ridiculous and a crazy hot mess. But like those things, like the soft skills are great. But like once again, those are things that are taught. And like if he is the hardworking work ethic, he's gonna show up one time. He's gonna be able to have conversation skills with you. Just because he can't stand up there without saying um or really putting his hands in his pockets, okay, we can fix those things. Like it's not doesn't have the FFA cadence. Yeah, like we don't we don't have the character flaws in that. And I think that's such a shame that we're teaching that. And yeah, girls are I guess better speakers sometimes. I've seen some boys do a phenomenal job, but girls will I mean, they want you to tell them that they did bad. They're like, okay, tell me how I can fix it. Like, boys, in my experience, are not as open to criticism, I guess, and right. not as, okay, they're like, oh, okay, that was good, right? <laughs> Maybe that lack of risk-taking. Right. I keep wondering what we're doing that. 
shifts that it, it could be. I, I don't know if y'all were or not. We do have a national speaking winner. Yeah, Michael, Michael. And and I remember when Michael did that. So was my age. Mm. Uh, I don't have boys that want to learn to speak like Michael. Yeah. I've got girls that want to learn to speak. Uh, they can never develop that deep voice he had, but yeah. he, they want to be as good. Yeah. But I don't know what we've lost that that that's a uh, a trait or a skill that Not young valued. men attain to now. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, like you said, it's kind of the community thing, like the community where Mr. Davis and I come from. Football is such a huge thing, and that's where our boys are. That's, yeah. So. Well, and I think another part of it that, that's interesting, and, and there's some research on this too, that uh, going using the sports analogy, I grew up in a small school. There was probably about 300 of us, I think 300, 350 in, in the high school where I, where, I went, where I went to school. And again, we wouldn't have a football team if not every boy in the freshman class went out for football. Yeah. So back a thousand years ago when I was in high school, I played football for four years, vars- you know, basketball for two years, varsity baseball for four years, Plus did FFA and 4-H. I'm not saying anything that was phenomenal, but that's just what everybody did. Everybody kind of did all these various things to do it. And now, even with my own boys, my younger son's more into baseball, but he doesn't go in. He's got his buddies that are paying for these big coaches when they were eight and nine years old, and they're they're telling kids he's a middle schooler, and they're saying they should he should have picked a sport three years ago to be his focus and that's what he would focus on doing and play baseball all the time and to do that kind of stuff where they're not doing eight, nine, ten things. And that goes back to your question, talk about these boys had to make a decision and they weren't able to do the variety of things and maybe it just so happened that the boy, more boys made a decision to be here and more girls made a decision to be here intentionally, unintentionally. Maybe we're doing something to do that or maybe we're down to the, the thing now where we're telling young kids they have to make a decision about what they want to focus on rather than maybe have this, excuse me, generalist kind of approach to things to do it. And we would say, well, round up, but then again, you're going, as a teacher, we need to be asking, okay, are we putting value judgments on that? I don't know, I don't know what the, you know, there's somewhat of the, the assumption in this whole conversation is that everything should be 50-50 or it should, it should be equal to there. And none of us have said that, but we're like, okay, what, what is the balance? What should we be doing? And when is it becoming a problem? Is it because you have one officer team of six girls and one guy? Or is it the fact that I, you know, you've only had two males being on your officer team for the last 10 years? You know, when, when does it be, I don't want to say when does it become a problem, or when is it something that you should be thinking about to, to go from there and, and, and seeing what's happening with all the things that are happening? And it becomes an even bigger picture, I think, um, when we start talking about middle school and what we do with middle school ag and middle school FFA and how that kind of those kind of things work and what we're doing to those students to make sure we're being age appropriate to support them to do the things that we're trying to do. Well, Arkansas's got that solved. We don't have middle school ag. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. But you know, I think that's good. And then we have, we have this challenge that we look at with with ag ed. And in a lot of states, we keep adding more and more classes. Where back a thousand years ago, when I even when I taught when I was in high school, we had Ag one, two, three, four. That's just what we did. It just went through. But now you have all these specialized classes, and you end up and you have to have so many students to have these classes. And it's easier to have the soft skill that is attractive to a larger group of people than maybe this hard technical skill. And we may that may be unintentionally trying to do a sort that way. Well, so I think. 
as we say, people are messy. And I think it's going to be one of these topics that we go, we use this pendulum analogy a lot as it swings back and forth. And the cool thing that I like is you've got the folks around the table that live this every day. And you guys are the ones that are going to be, going to be working with it to, to address it in your local schools. And um, several of you guys mentioned it. I think we're going to do this by having the conversations with the individual students and learning who those students are and find out where to plug them in and, and to make those kind of things happen rather than we're going to walk out of here and here's a seven-step you know, process that's going to solve the problem. Well, guys, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I, I know this is not a fun one, not a jovial one that we always like to have, but I think it's, it's one of those things that we, we see happening, and I think you get two ag teachers together, we all kind of talk about it in hushed tones, not you know rather than to do it, but it's something I think should be on our minds as ag teachers, and I appreciate you guys being willing to have the conversation, and I really appreciate you guys being aware of your local things and the things you guys are doing in your local programs to making sure that you're serving every student every day in your classroom and making sure they're receiving the benefits that they need every every day and that's, that's the cool part that's why, we're, that's why we got in this business we're investing in in youth and in our future so thank you guys here from beautiful hot springs arkansas for the absent marshall this is brian here with kate by the owl pellet saying thank you guys keep this conversation going uh, on facebook on twitter um any of the other conversations you have with your ag teachers keep doing the great work that you do every day Thank y'all. One of the jobs of an ag teacher is to prepare students for their callings later in life. And for some of our students, that calling can mean college, which we all know comes with a pretty hefty price tag. Which is why I want to share with you the Razorback Ag Academy. The University of Arkansas created the Razorback Ag Academy through the College of Agricultural, Food, and Life Sciences, specifically for high school ag students like yours. Instead of paying thousands for tuition, your students can enroll in online courses like Intro to Animal Science and Foundations of Agricultural Education for $39. The best part? They can enroll right now as high school students. If you're interested in learning more about offering the University of Arkansas's Razorback Ag Academy to your students, I'd love to talk to you about it. You don't even have to be local. It's all online. Just contact me, Kate Shoulders. My contact info is listed in the details of this podcast. You want to help your students prepare for their life after graduation, and the University of Arkansas wants to help you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate and Marshall, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thanks and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.